Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We podcast a Bible study that is posted every Wednesday evening at 6.30 in order to provide that opportunity to get into God's Word for all of those who want to study, but for one reason or another, either cannot or maybe they're holding back from being with the Lord's Church during midweek times or during any regularly scheduled Bible, Bible class with a church. Well, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30 for worship, or for Bible class, and then followed by worship service at 10.30. And then Sunday evening, we have evening worship at 6 o'clock. On Wednesday evenings, right in the middle of the week, good time to stop and catch our breath and kind of uh, recharge our spiritual batteries, we meet for Bible classes each Wednesday evening at 6.30. Now, you're welcome to any and all of our services, all of our Bible classes, all of our worship services. We encourage you to come and be with us in person, get to know us, let us get to know you, study God's Word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us. Now, again, if you're not in the Omaha area, or if you are, but you're not able to get out, perhaps, and we know that there are people also listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. So we're glad to be able to provide you the opportunity to still be in a Bible study over the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We want to help you grow spiritually. We want to help you grow in your faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. Help other people get into God's Word and grow in their faith, since again, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. Now, we encourage you to also encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people as much as we can get to heaven. When they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, their smartphone or computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whichever one they choose, all of our Sunday morning Bible classes, Wednesday night Bible classes, all of our sermons, but also a daily Monday through Friday radio program called Search the Scriptures. And they will receive a seven-day-a-week short Bible class, and that's only about 13 minutes each day, but it gets us into God's Word, keeps us focused on our relationship with God, helps us to stay strong in our faith, called Today's Bible Class. Again, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes a day, so we can fit it into our busy schedules, Today's Bible Class. All of that will go to their smart device for free and regularly.
And again, it always will be free. So we encourage you to encourage everyone you can to take advantage of these opportunities to study God's Word. We're going to get back into our study from 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 18 through 23 right now. Now, some people will read through this particular context of Scripture and probably scratch their heads, wondering, what is John talking about here? Other people will probably take it and kind of run in a fanciful direction, imagining some, imagining some uh, interpretations that are not necessarily correct. Well, let's read through the text to begin with. John, 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 18 and reading down through verse 23. John wrote, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is in the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would, have in, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies that the Father, and the, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Well, an interesting text of Scripture, but where and and some people might think, well, ooh boy, it sounds like John's rather confusing there. Kind of sounds like sounds like some double talk here and there. It's not. He's being very direct, very straightforward, but we a lot of people, they get an understanding of an antichrist as somebody who, who's going to come and somewhere down the road, and he's going to be a false teacher, but he's going to be charismatic, and he's going to draw a whole lot of the population of the world to him, and, and, but he's really an agent of the devil. Well, and they're, they're getting that from... Uh, very highly symbolic language from the book of Revelation to a great extent. John is talking about something much more fundamental and down to earth as, as to understanding of what an antichrist is or who an antichrist could be. Now, when he says little children, he's simply talking about Christians, and Christians are referred to, or, or those who are true followers of God are referred to as God's children repeatedly through the scriptures. And it is no different when it comes to New Testament Christians. We're God's children. We, he adopts us into his family. Romans chapter 8 goes into some detail talking about that. Well, we're his children. He adopts us as his children. Christians, Christians bear that unique identity it's not everybody in the world who can truly call themselves, in this sense, children of God or God's sons and daughters. Now, I know that, that it's common and it's popular for people anywhere and everywhere to refer to themselves as children of God, as the family of God, God's children. 
and you hear people, even commentators, talk about that on a rather common basis. But only in the sense that God created mankind could we think of ourselves, whether we're walking with God or not, as being children of God. And that's in a very, very loose sense. In the sense that John is talking about here, he's talking about those who have become true Christians, and they are the children of God, the family of God in the truest sense. In Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, the apostle Paul wrote this along this line. Now I say that the, that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is, a master of, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, or at the right time, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, if we're all children of God, then what in the world does it mean that God adopts us as his children? You don't adopt your own children. You adopt other folks' children. You see, there's only two ways to walk through life, with God or with the devil. Now, that bothers a lot of people. They want to be somewhere in the middle a lot of times. Well, you know, I know I, know I need to walk with God, but, you know, I'm not ready to make that commitment yet, but I'm sure not walking with the devil. Oh, yes, you are. If you're not walking with God, you're walking with the devil. There's no middle road. Jesus talked about only two pathways through life or two roads through life in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. One leads to eternal life, and that's the straight and narrow pathway of the truth of God's word. And the other is that eight-lane highway that leads to eternal condemnation in hell, to destruction, where people can you know, they can just sin all they want to. They can live in sin on an ongoing basis. That's where they're headed. But God adopts those who are baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins into his family, his personal family, spiritual family. We become his children in that truest and most unique sense when we become Christians. That's what John is talking about in 1 John chapter 2 when, when he talks about, when he, when he says, little children. Now, notice he goes on there in verse 18 and says, it is the last hour. The last hour. Well, that sounds like uh, time is running out. Again, you, we, we need to understand time in the perspective of eternity because God is the one who controls the clock, so to speak. In 2 Peter chapter 3, as we studied through this some time back, in verse 8, the apostle Peter wrote, 
But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, so does that mean in terms of of God's perspective on time, every day equals a thousand years, and every thousand years equals one day to God? I don't think we're to understand that. I think what Peter is simply saying is God is eternal. He always has been, he is now, he always will be. And so time, as we think of time in such a finite way, well, that has no real application to God. With God, Peter could have said 10,000 years is as a day to God, and a day as 10,000 years, or a million years, or a billion years, if there would be a time when a billion years would actually tick off the clock. But so little children, this is the last hour. Now, we are in the last period of biblical history, the Christian age. You began with the patriarchal age before God's word began to be written down, and God spoke directly to the heads of the families, the patriarchs, to give them his guidance as to how to live. Then you had the Mosaic age, wherein God gave Moses the law, the Old Testament law of Moses, for the people of Israel to follow, leading them, preparing them for, and leading them up to the coming of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died on that cross, he brought that age to a close and established the New Testament age of Christianity. We live in the Christian age today. So from that broad sense of perspective of time, it is the last hour. We are in the last age of biblical history right now, the Christian age. Now, John goes on then, and he says, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Well, Jesus talked about false teachers going into the world, didn't he? And the Apostle Paul talked about false teachers having already come or going to be coming seemingly soon after he wrote that. John, he's not talking about simply some individual charismatic figure, one person who's going to come sometime way in the distant future and just before the Lord comes again on that final day of judgment. Now, John, he he explains what he's talking about. He says in in verse verse uh, 22 again here, he says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So anyone who would deny Jesus is Antichrist. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Well, whoever denies Jesus and whoever denies God then is the Antichrist or an Antichrist. John says, even as he writes this, that many Antichrists have already come. Even in his day, 
many who denied Christ or contradicted him in, in some fundamental way. In Second John, there's only one chapter in that short letter, verse 7, he really makes it clear as to who or what he's talking about. He says, many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Well, there were already, he says again, antichrists already in the world in the very day that he had written this. Deceivers, deceivers. Those who were teaching against fundamental doctrines of Christianity and thereby fundamental doctrines that Christ gave us to teach, to understand, to believe, and to live by. Deceivers had gone out into the world already in John's day who did not confess Jesus as having come in the flesh. Well, there was a whole philosophical group that believed that somehow the flesh was evil in itself, was wicked, was vile, and so they could not accept that Jesus actually came in the flesh, had lived in a physical mortal body from a physical perspective, because that would have meant that he took on this evil, wicked, sinful, vile, uh, fleshly body. And so they taught against that. Well, they were wrong. But there were others who still, to this day, they, they might say, I don't believe Jesus Christ ever came as the true Son of God. There might have been somebody way back 2,000 years or so ago who called himself Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, but he was a fraud. He wasn't real. He wasn't true. He was a liar. There are others, many others, who believe that Jesus never rose from the grave. Well, the resurrection is the pivotal point of Christianity. If Jesus never rose from the grave then he never went to the cross as our Savior. I believe we can understand without question. Because anybody could have gone to the cross and claimed to be the Savior, but the fact that he rose from the grave demonstrated that he truly is our Savior. God raised him up. Power over death. Physical death itself. So people who teach against Christ from whatever persuasion they come from. Atheists, they're antichrists. Those who of different religious persuasions that don't believe in Jesus, you start to fill in the blanks as to identity there. From John's reference here in his description, they're antichrists. Anyone who teaches against Jesus, who denies him, and denies God, they're antichrists. That's what John is talking about here. It's interesting, in that last verse, in this particular context, verse 23 of 1 John chapter 2, John says, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Well, that is 
parallel to what he wrote in 2 John and verse 9. He said, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, the teachings of Christ, now that would be the teaching about Christ and all of the teachings of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in or lives in, lives by the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, has both the Father and the Son. You see, there are people who say, oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe he is truly the Son of God and the Savior. Now, some will try to put him on kind of a middle-range pedestal and say he was a prophet. (laughs) Well, he was certainly a prophet, but he was also and is also God the Son. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior, the prophesied Savior from Old Testament times, come in the flesh, died in the flesh, and arose from that grave, that tomb, risen, alive. And he ascended back to heaven. He is spirit. But he was on this earth in a fleshly body. He experienced all the kinds of things that mankind experience. You can read that at the end of Hebrews chapter 2. He was tempted just as we are tempted, yet he did not succumb to the temptations. He was without sin, the closing verses of Hebrews chapter 4. So John is, is warning, and it's interesting, the description here, he's saying in verse 19, what is what is identified or declared that that you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and that word the there may not be in the original text accurately, but anyway, that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Now, they might have initially declared themselves to be believers in God. Maybe even initially they might have said, okay, I, I believe in Jesus, but, but they changed their tune somewhere along the line. And John says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. They did not if they ever had been Christians, they did not remain true, faithful Christians. Maybe they just said they believed in God, but they didn't believe in Christ. They were not of us, John said. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they walked away from us, is what he's saying. They went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Again, you might scratch your head there a little bit and say, I, yeah, well, that does sound confusing. Let me tell you, there have been a whole lot of people, and there are still a whole lot of people today, who have initially believed the gospel of Jesus Christ, and even many of those have become Christians, but then along the way, they took up some false doctrine, and they walked away from true Christianity. They became false teachers, deceivers. In some cases, some became outright atheists. 
They changed their tune, so to speak. And they walked away from the church. They walked away from true Christianity. And in many cases, they started teaching things that were contradictory to Jesus, to God, to the doctrines of Christianity. And in that sense, John is saying, they're not with us anymore. Their difference has become obvious. The word manifest is used there because they're not teaching the true doctrines of Christianity. And when they go far enough away, then he identifies them as being antichrists. There have always been antichrists within humanity just almost since the time the church was established in the face of this earth on Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus hung on that cross or was resurrected from the grave. Acts chapter 2. It did not take mankind long to start digressing into false teaching. It seems to be almost a natural degradation of mind and spirit within humankind to go off into a false direction. And how sad that is. There are a great many false teachers out there today. There are a great many false teachers who specifically teach against Christ. But there are many others who would claim they believe in Jesus in some way, to some degree, but they teach against his teachings. They teach false teachings as their brand of Christianity. They are deceivers. And to one degree or another, many of them can be referred to by John's definition and description here as antichrists. We need to wake up, open our eyes, open our ears, and recognize error from truth. Christianity is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. And whatever feels good to us, we can identify as being Christianity. Christianity is the way of life, of having been saved in Christ, recognizing him and openly confessing him as our Savior, but then living by his teachings faithfully, for all of our time here on this earth and then looking forward to being with him for all eternity in heaven. That's Christianity. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son, our Lord and Savior, into this world with the gospel message of salvation and eternal life in him. Help us, Father, to keep clear in our minds, in our beliefs, the truth of your word. 
and to live by it, always, and to help others see that truth in our lifestyles. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs>